Um, do you guys take requests on like uh, stories too? Absolutely, to, like, do. We encourage okay. it. Yep. Um, I just nice. covered a murder this past week of a lady from. Well, the murderer was a lady from North Carolina, and a yeah. friend of mine that I grew up with and went to high school with sent me that on an email and said, "Hey, you might want to look this story up and cover this on your podcast." And we've had probably four or five cases yeah. that we've covered that have been listeners have sent the case to us and we've researched it and covered it wow that's amazing how you guys have these fans now telling you guys what to like what to research and stuff that's awesome yeah. the connection there's amazing and we've told them if you have yeah. a recipe that you you're scared of and you it's complicated yeah. and you don't know if you want to do it or you're scared to send it to us and we'll try it first and we'll let you know if it's doable or not doable or how we made it yeah. work or how, how how bad it failed but we'll let you it's, know yeah it's so cool when the fans are uh joining in on the conversation and that's what we want we want yeah. this to be interactive yeah. first of all we're desperate for friends <laughs> absolutely <laughs> desperate for friends so I, mean, I, I just you know we tell people all the time please email us and just tell us that you'll be our friend we don't care like, we, we don't we bring nothing yeah. to the table we don't expect anybody else to but you know nothing else please just so tell us that you like us. Yeah. <laughs> We're so desperate for love. <laughs> so um, I'm sure of it. When you guys were uh, growing up as uh, kids or going into your high school years, did you guys come across any um, ghost stories? Ghost you guys story. uh, have any ghost stories to share? Yes. As a matter of fact, where we lived in this little small town in Virginia, it's steeped in a lot of history, and of yeah. course, um, we had a lot of Civil War activity in the area where we grew up, and Revolutionary War. And um, I actually didn't just come across a ghost story, I was part of a ghost story. So, um, there was a... <laughs> I know. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I'm a ghost. You're part of a ghost story? <laughs> I'm actually a ghost. That's why my camera's not working today. I'm not here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, there was a family that was good friends with our, our family. Our moms were really close. They had three kids that were younger than us. And I babysat for their children. And they had they had a house kind of out um, on the outskirts of town. As a matter of fact, I, I rode horses at a barn that was right next to their house. So um, it was kind of out in what I would call the country, but most people would just say it was just on the outskirts of town. So um, I knew from being over at their house all the time that they always said that it was haunted. And I was very, I would never go into a, like it was a big house and I would never go down into their family room downstairs by myself at night because I was always afraid. I was really afraid that somebody was just gonna jump out and scare me, but I, they kept saying it was haunted, it was haunted. And the lady said that at night when she would go to bed, she would hear scratching in her chimney and she would hear this man call out to her. Her name was Susan. And he would call her name, Susan. Susan, where are you? And she said, sometimes I would say, I'm right here, shut up, I'm trying to go to sleep. And he would, he would stop. 
So, you know, I had always heard these stories growing up around her and part of it, you know, you think, well, you know, part of it could just be her. Maybe she drinks a little bit before bed. I don't know what's I mean, happening. she was a drinker. She was a drinker. So, you know, <laughs> you just don't know. And yeah, maybe it's her husband talking in his sleep and she just doesn't know where it's coming from, whatever. So I didn't think about it. So I was actually babysitting for them one afternoon. It was during the day, which I used to think ghosts only came out at night. But I'm going to tell you, I'm about to prove to you that they come out during the day too. So we were downstairs and they had this huge family room downstairs. And then they had about four steps that went up into their kitchen and the steps were carpeted. So we were sitting down there and all of a sudden there was an office down there and the door to the, and all the windows were closed. The door to the office slammed shut to the point that it shook the wall. And I looked at one of the kids and was like, what was that? And he said, oh, that's our ghost. And of course, the hair on every limb of my body stood straight up. And I was like, it's your what? And he was like, oh, yeah, just wait. And I sat there. And the first thing that I heard in the office was they had a phone. And I heard the phone receiver get knocked off the phone. And you could hear the dial tone. But the door was closed. So I'm thinking somebody has to be in there. Like there's somebody's playing a trick on me. And then the door, the door handle kind of shook a little bit and then the door opened, but there was nobody there. And I was, I'm sure that my eyes were the size of hubcaps at this point. (laughs) So I watched as this entity, it was not, you couldn't see anything, but what I saw were boot print impressions going up the steps of the carpeted stairs into the kitchen. And then whoever it was, those boots, you could hear the boots on the floor, the heavy steps in the kitchen, but I'm looking and there is nothing there. Absolutely nothing. And I am at this point, I am hiding behind the children that I'm babysitting for. Like I am so scared as human shield because I'm just like, listen, they only pay me like a dollar 50 an hour. This is not enough. These kids are going first. (laughs) and then so i heard the boots go all the way up there and then up to the second the next floor into this lady's bedroom so you could hear the somebody walking around up there and then i heard her bedroom door slam shut and i was absolutely terrified of course her kids are sitting there watching tv like this is just any other day in their life they they're so used to it i was so upset i gathered those kids up made them go outside and sit on the picnic table. They had a kitchen phone right inside their kitchen door with a long cord, because you know that was back in, in the days where we just had the rotary dials and there was no such thing mm-hmm. as a cordless phone back then because it was with the dinosaurs walking around. So yeah. I reached that phone and stood outside and called my father <laughs> and said, Daddy, you have to come get me right now. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, mama is out with Susan. The ghost is in the house. I have the children inside and we're not going back inside. And he wow. was like, well, I'm at work. You're going to have to wait till they come home. And he went, oh my God. Hey. So I those kids sit out on that picnic table. They were like, we have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, I don't care. Use the bushes. You're not going in the house. We're thirsty. We want juice. Too bad. Nobody's drinking anything. And I, we sat on that picnic table until their mom and my mom got home. I'm sure they were out playing tennis or drinking or something, but until they got home, I made them sit out there. I was so afraid and I maybe never ever would babysit for them again. That was the last time I babysat. 
Was that was that your first encounter with something like this, or as far or as I know, it was my first encounter. Yes. Wow. Yes. If there were ghosts around wow. me before, they were not getting my attention, but this one got my attention. And uh, th this one that got your attention 100% now, you believe in spirits Absolutely. and ghosts now. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, I mean, I, I grew up, I believe in ghosts. I think I've always believed in ghosts, but I've always been so afraid that I just didn't want to see a ghost. But yeah. now, when this yeah. happened, I was absolutely terrified. And then when I would go out to the barn next door to go ride my horse, I, would, I never went alone after that. I was so afraid that ghost was going to walk over to that barn and visit me. I was like, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere by Could myself. You, could you feel the presence around you, like a dark, I don't suffocating know. presence? I, um, I, I knew that there was something there. Like, you know, when, yeah. when you're in a room and somebody enters a room and then they take up space and you feel Did that space yeah. being taken up. So I could feel that movement of space but I never saw anything and he never spoke. God, if he had spoken to me, I probably, all of my teeth would have fallen out. I probably would have tinkled in my pants, but wow. he didn't speak to me, thank God. Did he say tinkle? I probably would have tinkled in my pants, God. Was this, a, was this a, like um, an evil spirit who just stayed in the house or was it a spirit that would follow people out the door? It lived in the house, and from what we understand, there was a Confederate soldier burial ground that this house was built on. Okay. And so that's what they thought it was. They had cleared, a lot of times they had like battlefields in the Civil War, yeah. and then there were so many people that were dead, soldiers, that they would just do like a big burial and like a mass grave. But supposedly, when they were excavating to build this house, they cleared that cemetery out. But you know, just because you move the bones doesn't mean the spirit leaves. Exactly. And I think what, what, what this was and what Susan told me was she felt like it was a Confederate soldier who was waiting, still waiting for his, his, the love of his life to come back to find him. And she thinks that her name was Susan and that's why he was so connected to her. That's what she told me. But I gotta tell you, it didn't, I don't care. I didn't care who he was or what he was doing there. All I know is he scared the living bejesus out of me. And I never went back there alone, day, night, morning. I didn't care. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not even going to their driveway. I'm just done. Oh my God. <laughs> so afraid, so, so afraid. And I had wow. some experiences babysitting at that house as well. Um, I never saw the apparition that she saw. I heard the noises. Um, I heard the voices, but I never got a sense that it was a dark presence. I, I just think it was just a, a lost soul. I think so too. I don't think it was evil. I really don't. I think he was just trying to figure out why these people were there and yeah. where his person where his Susan, the love of his life was and why she had not come back to get him yet. I don't think he meant any harm to anybody. I just think he was living his best life up in that house. And I just happened to be there one day when he decided to move around. And I mean, I just, it, it absolutely terrified me for a very long time. I was very traumatized from it. So. Wow. wow. That's, that's a really cool experience though. It was cool. And now that I'm an adult, I think I could probably go through another experience and not get out of my skin. <laughs> but I think I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And at that yeah. point I was absolutely traumatized, terrorized, horrified, whatever you can think of. 
Did you sleep with the light on in your room no, for so a see, long time? I think I did that anyway at that point in my life. Yeah. So I don't think it, yeah. was, it wasn't until I actually, it wasn't until probably I was 10 years into my marriage before I didn't sleep with the nightlight on. Okay. And even now wow. I still like, I still have to have some light coming in from somewhere and my poor husband can't stand the light. So he wears the, the mask on his face. <laughs> so, and I'm just like, how are you going to see if somebody's trying to kill me? You've got a mask on your face. So um, it's a real, it's, you know, it's a real struggle for me because I'm scared. Yeah. I am a chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm a chicken myself. There was, um, I think I was 19 or 20 at the time. My my brother already moved out of uh, my home, and my parents went to uh, Europe, and I was living on my own for those two weeks. The electricity bill skyrocketed. Oh, sure. I left. Yeah. I left every light on in the house when I went to bed. Yes. And I and I never. And oh my god, I, my so like two months later, my parents got the electricity bill. They're like, "What the." Frick? I'm like, yep, sorry guys. I slept with all the lights on in the house, including the basement. Yeah, probably and all the the one, on. Yeah, and the one thing that we had that was always making weird noises too in my house was the furnace. Oh, the furnace would furnace. stare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have ghosts in our house, but that furnace, that furnace man, was I don't evil, know. Wasn't it? That furnace room was evil, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh gosh yeah yeah and and like sometimes i would um tell my like my buddies to if they wanted to sleep over just because i did not feel safe in the yeah. home by myself for yeah. two weeks i'm sure and your parents you weren't got, even in the same country they couldn't come save you if they wanted exactly to. you got have you guys ever experienced a ouija board oh i'm so afraid of a ouija board i won't even get near one. Oh yeah i did when my freshman year in college yeah the um What's the person that lives on the dorm with the girls and the, the residential assistant? Yeah, the red, the RA they called her. She had a Ouija board, and she brought it out for us to play. And yeah, it was really, really creepy and scary, and it just uh, unnerved me. Yeah, last night yeah, I was watching yeah. the Travel Channel. I was watching a ghost story, which my husband thought it was funny that I was even watching it, and it was about <laughs> a girl, and they they had a Ouija board and they were talking to the Ouija board. And one girl said, when am I going to die? And it spelled out soon. Oh my God. And I turned, no. it off and I turned on um, SpongeBob and my husband <laughs> said, what are you doing? I said, I'm so afraid of that Ouija board on that TV. I have to watch SpongeBob. Oh my gosh. We, I, we tried to do it in uh, grade 10 mm-hmm. uh, when, I, I, when I was in, in high school and uh, we went to go do it in a park. Oh. And they, the person who knew and had experience with the Ouija board, she asked us, do you want me to bring good spirits or evil spirits? <gasps> Nobody asked that question. You know, you think, you think you're invincible at that age. Oh so we told her to bring evil spirits. Oh my gosh, no. no way. I've never done it since again. Um, <laughs> Did it bring an evil <laughs> yeah. spirit? Yeah, so what happened, like, at that particular time when she was doing it, we would see, like, the move board, like, the board move by itself, um, spell out, like, different names. It spelled out uh, her grandmother's name, our friend's grandmother's name. 
And on top of that too, it wasn't only me who saw this, but it was other people too in the group. There was a purple man no. who would just no. show up. No. Uh-uh. So no. Would just I would show have run up. out of there. I would have run right out of my shoes. I would have gone so fast. It didn't, yeah. It didn't necessarily follow us like into our home. I know one into my home, but one girl that did follow her to the home. I would, I would see this purple man during school in my high school. No way! Like when, um, yeah. So when classes would be going on, I would look up, see the teacher, and the guy would be in the corner. And I wasn't the first one to notice this. It was actual the people too that were oh. I did the Ouija board with. And then the purple man, what happened was one of the girls had a sister and she saw it in like she thought she was having a bad dream. When she woke up, she saw a man just standing in her in the corner of her room and she screamed so loud. Oh my gosh. And then then and then a week later, the other sister who did the Ouija board with us, she saw it too. Oh my gosh. So they had to the and they were like Catholic and stuff like that. They brought a priest to the house to bless the house. Oh, I would have wow. too. I would have. I think I'd have burned my house. Yeah. I would have just burned it down and yeah. left. And they got the worst of it for because I guess she was the one that was controlling the Ouija yeah. board. That the that this purple guy, man or whatever he was, creature. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I would have drinking. Every everywhere for at least three four months and then they had to tell the parents okay bring in a priest and bless the house this is what we did and never again have i if i have a bad dream tonight about a purple man i am i am (laughs) i'm gonna reach out to you i'm gonna be i know i'm gonna be telling my husband there's a purple man in the room and he's like you got into the bourbon again And, and that's the thing, the Ouija board too. Like you have to make sure um, you you close it off right. Because if you don't close it off right, that means the spirits can follow you. Right, because it's an open portal. Yeah. Oh yeah, my God. Exactly. No. Burn it. Burn no. it. No. And, I went. To, we were, I think I went to a party in college, and they brought out a Ouija board, and I immediately left. I don't even want to be in the same room oh. with the Ouija board. Because with my luck, all the ghosts in that Ouija board would have <laughs> be like a parade for yeah. the last time. Like I don't have good luck with things like that. So yeah, not yeah. having that. And I still remember that story. Up, I, I will not oh, forget. That's what okay. Happened chills. To us, that's awesome. So yeah. do you like horror yeah. movies? Because Anne and I are chickens. When it here's the thing, we report on true crime all the time, mm. like it's nothing. And, but you showed yeah. me some unrealistic Bride of Chucky movie, and I am done. <laughs> done. <laughs> okay, so recently I've watched um, Michael Myers, the original movie. Oh that's gosh. a wicked. That's like a true crime story. Yeah, it's a true crime story. So oh what, my gosh! Was it like that was filmed it, here. Part one. No, no. I don't know where it was filmed, but part one is the scariest out of all like eight parts. How I can't even keep count how many movies they made of that, but part one, that is so creepy. Like the the way the movie started, it's terrified me since 
yeah. the first time I watched that movie. Like you can't even you can't even yeah. show her a mask in a store without yeah. her crying. She just cries. She's cry. so you have cried. Oh my gosh. When Michael Myers came to me at a party and wouldn't go away. He wanted to introduce himself. I was scared. Who's this? Who's what happened? We Somebody were, we were actually like grown adults. It was maybe three years ago, four years ago, and we went to a costume party of overgrown okay. adults and there mm -hmm. was a michael's meyer michael myers character there that wanted to come over and introduce himself to my sister and she cried i didn't well, burst into tears i begged him to please go away and he wouldn't leave me she alone. was so rude oh she was like, my gosh and he was like he kept putting his hand out he wanted to introduce himself but she wouldn't have it and they called him over wow. because they knew i was scared of him because he wouldn't take his mask off Wow. Well, what, when's the last time you guys um, like watched the Michael Myers original from 1978? So, Have you guys revisited that one or no? Are you kidding me? Listen. I've never watched the whole thing all the way through. I'm too chicken. The the first like five, ten minutes though, um, I, I just love the way that scene was filmed because it's it's the pov of the little yes. kid of michael i know and it's so creepy because you don't hear a sound effect yeah. it's all happening through this the sound of the score the music of the of the scene yeah and that's really incredible i mean i think that's incredible yeah. the way that they they let you form your own chilling opinion right there mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever gotten past the first 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you i'm well, such a chicken well, the first time I watched it and the boyfriend of the scene and his sister in the room, I thought he was going to attack the, the boyfriend first when he was walking down the stairs. Yeah. And then he went upstairs and just started stabbing his sister. Oh, God. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit, like, this is intense. <laughs> and there's intense. With, the, with the intensity of that movie, the suspense that's got you, you know, it's that that jump out and scare you part yeah. of the Halloween movies, the first two anyway, for me were it's, the worst as far as it's, scaring Yeah. It's the iconic score. Um, th that intro, the Halloween music. Yes. That Halloween it always music. comes in. You can play that anywhere and I'm scared. I don't yes. care if I'm in a restaurant or daylight. I'm like, oh my God. So Yeah. I love scary. it just because they're it's they're filming like just a normal scene and then all of a sudden you hear that music creep yeah, up and you think know. something dramatic's gonna happen and nothing happens happen. like everybody run here's the crazy <laughs> thing a couple years ago they filmed one of the halloween stories here in charleston whoa so as a as i guess as a promotion to the movie while it was being filmed they one of the travel magazines online had this thing going on it was called michael myers um travel log and he supposedly would go and leave like travel logs about where he had been and what he had done in the restaurant that he went to but it was from a michael myers point of view and ann wouldn't even read them i would send them to her and she's like i'm not reading that i'm not reading where michael myers has been in charleston i live here so i, I mean wow. i think the person that terrifies your nightmares. Hanging out. The one person that, you, that, I mean, I don't care about Freddy Krueger. I don't care about Jason, none of them, because they don't seem realistic. To me, Michael Myers could be real. He was yeah, yeah. it went mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. And here I am living in this lovely area in Charleston, South Carolina. And would you know, they're going to be filming the damn movie right here <laughs> with all the beautiful 
girls and I'm feeling, I wouldn't go out at night. I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not driving at night. I'm walking down the road. So we went to dinner one night with our sons. We were taking them out to this uh, steak restaurant and the restaurant next to it had been closed because they were filming right there in that restaurant. Terrifying. And my sister almost did not go to dinner. I had to yell at her that we had to go to dinner with our kids at the restaurant that they picked. And she was like, I know he's going to walk in this restaurant. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. She, she she, wow! She was so scared. wow, and then he didn't even show up, so he she was fine. Well, the other the other one that could be realistic too is uh, Ghostface uh, Scream. Oh, I've got a that, story. Well, Scream is based on a true share story. It. Yeah, share it if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, um, I was kind of poking around and did a little bit of research. So, Scream is um, based on the serial killer. His name is Danny Rowling, R-O-L-L-I-N-G. And he actually came in, he was a drifter and came into Gainesville, Florida in the 90s and set up like a little tent area, camped out in a wooded area behind the University of Florida in Gainesville. And he kind of stalked people. He ended up breaking into several of the, off-campus housing places there he killed a total of five <gasps> students shut up yeah within a within no. a week he started on august 24th 1990 um he raped and stabbed two girls two freshmen on the 25th he got another girl um she was a I think a sophomore, he actually cut her head off <gasps> and left it on a shelf facing her body. So it looked like Holy and her body shit. up on a bed. I do not like it when they sever the heads. Yeah. I just wow. And then August the 27th, he broke into um, the uh, another off-campus housing apartment and killed Manuel, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Because we to, hor- we're horrible at names. Yeah, Taboda, Gracie <laughs> Pauls. <clears throat> he did not mutilate their bodies, but um, they say that Manuel was a football player and he really fought, but the guy overcame him and killed him. And do you know, he killed a lot of people. This guy was on like a, a spree, but just focused, you know, a lot of people kind of focus on that one area. Yeah, he was yeah. actually convicted and sentenced to death for those murders. Wow. And here's something, this is mind boggling to me. While he was in jail, he befriended um, a journalist. Her name was Sandra, or is Sandra London. And together they wrote a book Nuh-uh. that was published <gasps> called The Making of a Serial Killer. Um, true life story from the murderer's perspective and that's a book you can actually go and buy and read and while they were doing this investigation she became engaged to him no way cuckoo for cocoa puffs what is she wow Wow. she was actually engaged to another serial killer oh she's a serial killer fan and his name was gerald john schaefer jr and he is that a conspiracy theory like no it's a fact 
She was oh. she was engaged to this guy, and he killed somewhere between. They know for sure too, but maybe thirty. <laughs> well, he was oh, uh, well, no he was, two, but maybe thirty. Maybe 30. That's a far jump. So, but was there is there a conspiracy theory that she might have been a serial killer herself? No, like, that's interesting, though. I would like to find out where she is and if she's murdered. Yeah, well, she's she might have caught it from and She lives in Florida. Let's go meet her. No, we're gonna go. With her. <laughs> we'll, we'll take you on the computer with us. I'm very interested. I'm interested to say is my name is Karen, and what the fuck were you thinking? Right. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that word. Sorry. Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) She's gonna call me. She calls me and she says, "I didn't raise you girls to say that." Now I'm fifty. Like, come on, Mama. I can say what I want now, but that's not true. Wow. wow. Sorry, Mama. So anyway, you, yeah. the Scream was, the idea of Scream really was based on a true story. And what happened was the guy who initially wrote the screenplay for the movie was a young kid that lived in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Stop. And after he saw the Scream movies, he kept envisioning that somebody was out there you know, waiting to kill him. Yeah. And wow. he actually wow. started writing a story about it. And that's how Scream came to be. That is crazy. That's insane. That's an amazing fun fact. Yeah, that wow. is. That's really wow. cool. I didn't know that it was based on. I didn't even know that. No, I did not know well, that. I wouldn't because I'm too scared, but you should have known that. No, that's a great fun fact. We'll get her to be your friend. We're not going to meet her. We're going to go find her. No, we're not. We're totally fine. We're going to take her baked goods. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm going to take all cereal things. So here's some cereal bars. Here's a cereal cupcake. And I'm going to be like, do you see a theme here? Because there is the same theme running in your life. So um, one last question here. You guys have any like uh, plans for this Halloween? Um, are you, do you guys plan on visiting any abandoned little towns where you guys are from we have big plans. or any Halloween haunts? Yeah, we have some big plans coming up in October. We're <clears throat> going to be broadcasting from the old city jail, which is a very haunted place here. We've gotten access. Normally you have to pay to go on a tour, but we actually have access. Oh. They're going. Hold on, hold on. Are you guys recording this? Yes. With- with, 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 uh, Not with, phone. We're going to record it. We're going to record audio. I don't know that we're going to do video just because you have to know that we, our faces okay. are made for radio. <laughs> God didn't make us faces for TV. <laughs> But are, are you guys um, doing a tour? No, we're going story? in in the middle of the day by ourselves with another, with a, two people that do the ghost tours there a lot. And we're going in the daytime and locking ourselves in there and recording a session. And we're going to talk about some of the murderers that were in the jail at like historic. That is amazing. Yeah. That is and amazing. That jail started during, the, they built that during the Revolutionary War. And then it was used for um, Union prisoners of war in the Civil War. And then afterwards, it was a functional jail, gosh, right up until, I don't know, in the ni- early 1900s. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's an incredible historic building. Extremely and haunted. Very haunted. 
and we can't. Wow. 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 Do you guys think you guys are going to chicken out on that? <laughs> I mean, I'll be a chicken when I'm in there, but I will not chicken out. <laughs> we will chicken out on that one, but we do have plans to go to a mausoleum. That's um, haunted. That is haunted. And we're doing that just the two of us. Right. So we're, we've There's already a... found a designated driver so we can drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be drinking okay. on this mission. So it's in a really, really old graveyard. It's in an old family graveyard next to an old church on a place called Edisto Island, South Carolina. And yeah. we're going to go out. There is a mausoleum where there's a girl that was that was buried in the mausoleum. And the tale is that she was she was accidentally buried alive <laughs> in the mausoleum and the mausoleum is haunted. So we're actually going to go sit by the mausoleum and we're going to record. So I'm going to tell the whole ghost story of this mausoleum and how it became haunted and all the things that have happened and we will be drunk yes <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely going to be and drunk because that's the only way i'm gonna get myself out there i need liquid courage wow wow i good luck to you both good luck to you both i hope we live to tell the tale i will give a round of applause when you guys are posting these and i know you guys survived yes we'll let you know for sure so we're excited and we have actually we're not even going to be in the kitchen at all in october which is weird for us because we usually like to bake spooky foods at this time of year for our kids who think mm -hmm. it's so stupid but because they're all grown but yeah. um we're not going to be in the kitchen because we're going to be remote locations all through october doing only ghost stories wow i can't wait to hear this and i'm pretty sure your fans can't wait to hear that either i hope so i hope it's going to be a lot of fun i'm hoping this wow. is going to become our tradition for every october yeah yeah no that's a really cool idea and cool tradition thank you i'm probably gonna get goosebumps too while i'm listening to that <laughs> well listen if you ever make your way down to old charleston south kakalaki we'll take you on all the ghost tours because this is a very haunted area you got my word on that. I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. Because um, before this whole COVID sh shit happened, I, I planned on doing like a um, an American tour. Oh, nice. So nice. I will keep that in mind. Yes, you better. We're going to hold you to it. We'll yeah. bake you a cake okay. and then we'll scare the shit out of you. Cool. No, because um, in, like, in my province here in, in Canada, Ontario, we do have abandoned areas. Um, just to not go off topic here, but the movie It was filmed here oh, in an abandoned place. And um, there's also like abandoned towns, like three, four hours from the city, Toronto. Okay. And we want to do, like me and a couple of uh, family members and friends, we actually want to go to these abandoned places. I don't know about this year, but hopefully um, sometime next spring, yeah. we want to go to these abandoned places and record and, and see if we get out alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then try to sleep for the next two months. Yeah, yeah, but that that too. Um, so you guys will be uploading those episodes ongoing, or or like next month in November. No, it'll be ongoing in October. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, we're we will. We'll all keep we'll all keep a watch out for that. That's um, yeah, we've got totally we've already got one. We've already got one recorded that we recorded 
with some people that talked about some really awesome, they're very good historians and they talked about some really awesome ghost stories. So we've got that one ready to go already. So, and then now we're going to start doing our remote locations. We're really excited. Amazing. So thank you both of you for uh, joining uh, myself, Annie G, on the Mood for Days podcast for this special episode. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. No problem. Um, where can everyone and new fans find you both? So we have social media, even though we're really bad at it. Um, <laughs> on Instagram at Sugarcoated Murder. So that should be pretty easy to um, find us. And then we have a Facebook page that's just a regular business Facebook page that's called Sugarcoated Murder Podcast. And then there's the Sugarcoated Murder Podcast fan page, which you can request to be a fan. We don't deny requests. Because we want friends. We want friends. Unless you're a serial killer, and then we're going to have to say no. But we don't even ask you, (laughs) are you a serial killer? So we won't know until you start posting your serial killing activities. Very true. Oh, shit. (laughs) We always love to get email from our listeners and just to get some feedback or even our listeners moms like whoever Whoever. i mean we don't care we want people to love us and that email address is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com and we also have um we have a web page where you can listen directly from the web page and that is sugarcoatedpod.com Okay, that's amazing. So we just started selling merchandise on T Public. T Public. We're on T Public right now. We're trying to get launched on Teespring, but it'll be some merchandise you can get t shirts and coffee mugs and all sorts of things that say sugar coated murder on it. That's really cool. That's uh, that's really cool. Yes. So, um, for all our listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast episode with Ann and Karen from the sugar-coated um, murder podcast. And um, anything else you guys want to say out there? Any shout outs? Everybody to stay sweet and don't murder. And if you do murder, <laughs> we will talk about you. Yeah, and we don't talk much about murderers. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank that you. was Thank so, much so much fun. Have a great week. You too, guys. Right. Thank you so All much. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.